Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I am your host, Stephen Navarro, and with me is Sir Danny. And uh, we had a pretty pretty even weekend, I'd say, for the for the pod picks and and greasy gambling draws of the week hit pretty good overall. And obviously, I guess we'll start with uh, the Ohio State. Uh, a Notre Dame game real quick. Um, we we split that on a very suspect um, review of the call there of the touchdown, which was obviously a touchdown. They review it. So then there has to be a second put back on the clock. So Vegas gets a push and didn't lose any uh, Notre Dame dog money. It was It was the right call, but I was surprised. I couldn't believe uh... – Ohio State kicked it. I was texting Steve saying like, "Oh no, they're gonna, they're gonna just gonna kneel the two point and then you know, burn the next play." Yeah, um, you, they should. They should have. It was actually, <laughs> yeah. But in I mean, college I, you know, football, in college football, that's a <laughs> an unnecessary risk, is oh, what sure. football block purists it. would say. Block it and house it, and it's a tie ball game. But there goes Goff scrambling. He's not gonna score. Oh, we got smacked. Uh yeah, but I had freaking terrible week on the pod. I got my other two. I needed. I desperately needed that push because my other two were backdoor covers for for the loss. So miserable week for me on that front. I did uh go three for three on the Twitter picks though. Yeah, uh, another another beautiful slate this weekend though. I'm excited for it. Yeah, we got Penn, Penn State's looking sharp. They're looking like they need to be because usually we play Iowa and we're 10 times better than them on paper and we win or lose by three and uh, this year granted it was white out so we had some extra juice but demolished Iowa embarrassed Iowa and now that coach who um, needs the average of 25 points a game uh, got what seven zero they got goose egg okay yeah yeah, okay. So yeah, that doesn't help him out at all. And there's David Montgomery into the end zone. I'm sorry, I'm ahead of you. It's all good. I I need it too. Yeah, we both have him in our uh our fantasy leagues tonight. We decide there last second. Danny did. Throw him in, toss him in. He's good to go. And uh <laughs> he didn't have to run into the lineman like that though. He, he he just ran into him for no reason. That's funny. Um let's say uh, Anything else to recap the week or anything else to get off your chest here in the intro? Oh, uh, we got I put in I put in we got some uh dollar dame trade news. What you what you think? What you we're not we're not off in an NBA podcast, <laughs> but give me your uh give me your did you did you look at the trade or the I Kim did at work. Dame Dame to the Bucks, which is crazy for the Bucks. I think Drew Hall they, yeah. they gave they gave away Drew Holiday, which obviously I think he's a very underrated player. But Dame is gonna freaking fit in perfectly there with freak, you know, space the floor for Giannis. I think that's a great combo. Milwaukee's gonna be dangerous. I think I think all the teams kind of got what they needed out of the trade. But yeah, I think I I, I might sprinkle a little bit of change on the on the Bucks NBA championship, and hopefully it'll keep Giannis happy. Talking about you know he he needs them to be committed to winning or whatever for him to sign an extension. But I think. You know, Giannis, you're not worried about his shooting, so you kind of crowd in on him and, and pack the pain a little bit. 
I mean, he's so dangerous otherwise, but never been able to develop that jump shot. But Dame, Dame just being such a lethal shooter is going to space the floor out, and I think they're both just going to eat. It's a great, great combo. Hopefully they can hold up. Dame getting a little older, but hopefully he stays healthy. That's all I got. And then I, then you, you, any other, any other? Uh, yeah. No, input, uh, you can go input ahead. <laughs> another thing it's been a i don't know why this is a daily occurrence but like every single day they're like oh michigan state is firing mel Tucker. <laughs> this, dude, this dude has been fired every single day this week i'm like what the hell is going on so i think People he's piling on i think he's finally officially fired but it's like every day they're like he's fired oh just kidding they're gonna fire him tomorrow oh just kidding they're gonna fire him for like two weeks now so who knows? Very uh, odd situation. Uh, just right. to think about the the re- the reporter. The claim is uh, this woman was sexually <laughs> harassed over the phone. Who is a, a, a sexual abuse um, advocate and works closely with the Michigan State uh, football team and athletics to spread that message. And then the head coach there apparently. Um, forced her into a phone sex for a half hour uh very weird because at any point if you feel uncomfortable on the phone you can hang up the phone uh at the at the very least or uh there there's nothing physical that can happen over the phone to make you and then it so uh, you know i'm just thinking this is very weird I, if maybe they even had a relationship speculation maybe had somewhat of a relationship uh privately and then she, you know, got tired of his shit or something. And um, but I don't want to victim shame. I don't want to speculate. But that's it's just very of, odd. It's very odd. But that's kind of what it what it seems like that this came about after he kind of terminated interaction with her. I think I think it was a horrible hire for Miss Michigan State. Yeah, just they got out money to begin with. And I think they said, kinda, Yeet. yeah, yeah, they were they were looking for any excuse to get out of that deal. I'm a, I'm gonna put on a wig, get some makeup, hit up James Franklin, <laughs> hit him up, hit him up on the phone. We'll see if he blows a fourth quarter lead to Ohio State again this year. <laughs> I am I am calling him with my prettiest face on. <laughs> uh, he was talking about ice cream and coffee for most of the press conference today, I guess, for Northwestern. So that seems very focused. Hell yeah. I mean, he's uh, got the he's got the boys rolling this year, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt until he inevitably has another collapse. Yeah, yeah. I feel good about us making it to Ohio State undefeated and then, you know, it's a coin flip game. Even at our best, it's always a co- a coin flip game uh or we get fucking routed. But this year it's definitely a coin flip game. And our defense is is pretty spectacular. So is our offensive line. That's kind of the two things you need to win. And I do think we're we are better than Notre Dame. So, um, but we'll get to that in two weeks or three weeks, three weeks. Because yeah. So let's get into the NFL injury news. Quite a bit of it. We're gonna hit the highlights here. Um, a lot of quarterback talk still uh, as we continue a trend of skill position injuries and and injuries across the board here in the fall early fall and I don't think to generally speak here I don't think it has too much to do with the lack of preseason people are blaming that on these guys still do those joint practices with all their starters 
which is like a simulated half anyway. Uh, they are, you know, it's it's just they're they're playing at incredible speeds and uh, and hitting at incredible velocities, and you cannot prepare for that for. 48 straight minutes you cannot prepare your body for that and so a lot of the injuries we are seeing are the soft tissue injuries which are largely unavoidable um particularly to start the season and then they come back around at the end of the season when it gets super cold out and you're taking the same hits at the same speeds speeds and velocities so that's my take on it do you have any differing opinion no no yeah i nailed it just a thought uh we'll get into quarterbacks here joe burrow did survive the game on monday against the rams taking a ton of sacks and not moving out of the pocket literally telling the press like he knows he can't unless he absolutely has to and that is not a good sign for week three in the books uh, for for Joe Burrow and company, and so you know, once you know, now that teams know that, um, they can certainly game plan around that, and that that obviously limits and cripples that offense, um, which they need to, you know, just get Joe Mixon going. But again, their offensive line just is not up to the challenge, so not good news for Joe Burrow and I very highly doubt that he plays every game the rest of the season and and possibly even worse but definitely I definitely say he won't play every game this season we'll see he definitely made his own bed at this point so no yeah more, and they have no, no choice for Cincy. yeah I mean but they're definitely got a much needed win Owen Owen three was going to be a uh dangerous dangerous situation at- Fourth in the AFC North here to start Steelers in hey we're first we're, place. we're first technically yes technically well let's move on to another fourth place team that's the Carolina dog shit Panthers and Bryce Young limited in practice today with the ankle I wouldn't expect them to play him until he is absolutely a hundred percent and I don't see that being the case this week and they know they have a productive quarterback in I almost said Carson Palmer Andy Dalton Andy Dalton yeah and uh, Carson Palmer too wow sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you no it's gonna be a more competitive game they're just having their way with them seems to be yeah the over the under is toast uh I need I need three more field goals and if it gets to a blowout that that's looking bad too because everyone's going to be going for touchdowns. Anyway, Bryce Young, don't think he's playing this week, but um, it is a possibility. I f- forget who they're playing, but I don't think it's good news for the that uh, for Bryce Young. Like we said, the whole season, he's going to get going to take some licks and probably not recover from them great. So let's move on to Anthony Richardson, who's practicing again from a knee injury on top of the concussion he had so he's already getting the cam newton treatment of just <laughs> getting licked every game and uh, what do you what do you got on richardson's status just that he's returned to practice so it looks like he's gonna play I, from what i was reading i thought uh bryce young was gonna play too which is for both of these guys you know you have seasoned vets backing them up which actually it's it's like the team the team takes a hit by having the rookie back 
going to be less passing yards, you know, less less uh, stats to go around for their for their weapons. So I think uh, you know I like the under there against the Rams. Yeah, I mean, which which the Colts? I mean, Colts sitting first in the division. You probably could, especially you know your dude, dudes got knocked out of the first two games. You've got two wins now with Minshew. Like you should keep it rolling with Minshew for a little bit and see what can happen. But Sounds like they're going to throw Richardson back out there, and he's just a big physical freak. Doesn't know how to not get beat up. You know what I mean? So yeah, they we'll have, see. Uh, I'd keep I'd keep rolling with Minshew if I was them. But it looks like I, I think both rookies are going to be back. And then moving on to Derek Carr, I tweeted out on at Return to Play Pod that from the clip right away that it was most likely an AC sprain, barring the X-ray. And uh, sure enough, it was, and that means. Uh, you can expect Derek Carr to be out for three to four weeks, I, I would assume. They're saying he's week to week, and I do not see him playing this week whatsoever. And then even next week would be highly, highly doubtful. So I think he could return um, at, for the third game from now uh, for Derek Carr. And we got the we got James. We're blessed with some Jameis Winston games here. Hey, boo. Yes, sir. Yeah, I agree, though. I, I I can't imagine Carr being able to play this week, maybe next week, but we'll see. That's a that's a hit for the Saints, though. Carr playing well. And then we've got running backs. Austin Eckler with the ankle injury. This is coming up on, you know, three full weeks here for his ankle sprain. And, and we typically know that a high ankle sprain, which is seemingly what it is, would take about four weeks to recover. So you would think this is going to be another scratch for Eckler, but he was limited. He was limited last week too, but that just means he's doing individual individual non-contact drills, which doesn't mean much at all because, you know, a sprained ankle, you can definitely um, jog on it three weeks out here and, you know, they heavily tape it and all, all of the treatment and stuff. So with all of that, you know, you think of your own sprained ankle, you aren't doing shit for, for a couple of weeks much less playing football, but with the health care these guys get, um, I think, you know, he's trending towards um, playing not this week, but next week. I agree. Yeah, he's returned, but nothing, there's nothing that sounds super promising, yes, but it's a possibility. So keep and, an eye on his uh, practice status for the rest of the week and kind of go from there. You know, I spent fab dollars on Joshua Kelly, and now I'm basically sitting in the in a boat with uh, that he needs. To, he's a good backup in a complimentary role. He obviously can't handle the lead back role, kind of no. like we're seeing with Alexander Madison. And Madison so on, had it. he turned it around on on uh, Sunday, though. But still, yes, uh, against the Vikings. Yeah, that was a wild game, and. Um, the Vikings should have won that game. They they did absolutely atrocious and stupid. Oh no! If this is on the Packers, my field goal is is toast. But we'll see. So then, the other running back to talk about is Saquon Barkley. He practiced in a limited status, and he's basically, playing. Basically, the ideal situation or the identical situation. But yeah, they they got the Monday night game, so it's not not ideal for your fantasy situation from standpoint of. I, I don't I would I would say it's more likely that he doesn't play. He doesn't um, play. And if he and does play, I don't know. I still would maybe leave him on the know, bench. It's it's tough to leave him in your lineup just just out of that. Like you don't know what you're gonna get Monday night. You don't want to get stuck in a situation where you can't throw anyone in there. So 
I'm in that in that boat in a couple of leagues. I'm I don't know what to uh what to try to do with him here. So maybe if you have Brita on your bench, then you can you can risk leaving Barkley in your lineup. But even even then, I don't think Brita or Brita, however you say it, when he when he does get the start, he still isn't a very viable fantasy option most of the time. So if you got a if you got a decent flex guy, you're probably better off starting him over Saquon. Agreed. And then we'll move into wide receivers here. Uh, Jalen Waddle back from his concussion, full practice. So he'll be out there against the Bills. So a fully healthy uh, Dolphins team, to my knowledge, playing the Bills. That's pretty much the marquee game uh, on Sunday, I'd say. Yeah, the, the Dolphins are fucking wagon on offense. And if you have Jalen Waddle, I left him in my one lineup by accident last week and still won, thankfully. But uh <laughs> yep, Jalen Waddle. And then uh we'll just move right into Cooper Cup. Uh the hope is for him to return um after four weeks, which would be this week. Or I'm sorry, it would be next week, right? It would be yeah. He would he would miss one more. That's that's what they're saying is that he's he's coming along. Their hope is to have him back, but we'll see. Well, I mean, they if they keep losing, they probably need him back. But you, you're getting they're getting some good receiver play from the from the young guys anyway. So really, no need in rushing him back. And with uh, with them look with like Nakua and Atwell, you know, putting up the numbers they're putting up. I don't know what that's going to do to Cup's fantasy value when he when he returns. Yeah, I mean, he you would be the, be the entire focal point of the offense like he was before. Yeah, they have options now, whereas last year they really did not with Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson. It was okay, but uh, this definitely looks like an upgrade at wide receiver for them. And they are playing the Colts this week, so I do like that under, especially if Cup doesn't play. Those are two really good defenses against um, two average offenses is is my uh, layman's term take on that game i don't know what the total sitting at uh maybe we'll get to that in the pick section and then uh mike williams you know we we told you preseason mike williams or keenan allen's gonna go down for the year it's it's a guarantee one of these two guys is is hurt significantly and and sure enough uh you know, Mike Williams took took the blow early on, and it's just uh, par for the course, unfortunately, for those two mm-hmm. receivers. And Keenan Allen's uh, actually been balling unbelievably. Yes, I, yes. I, I avoided drafting them because I just because he's getting older and you know the hamstrings and stuff. But he's playing. Great he's still a risk. Yeah, but yeah. We we tweeted it out immediately after it happening, and uh, unfortunately, it was true. It was an ACL injury. I like which uh, Palmer's getting. Palmer was like the number one waiver guy this week. I was gonna say that I like I like him more than Quentin Johnson, the rookie. Um, just you know that he's the guy who kind of has generally got the targets when one of these guys has missed time. And uh, when after Mike Williams went down, Josh Palmer was getting the targets over over Johnston. So uh, hasn't hasn't done the first round. Quentin Johnson hasn't hasn't done a whole lot yet. Probably gets a little boost at later in the season. But for now, I'm assuming Josh Palmer is going to be the guy that you want. Yep. Agreed. And then we'll move down to Debo, who did not practice due to his rib injury. And we don't know if it's a broken rib or a cartilage issue, but the ribs really suck. And pretty much every time you um, even get tapped on the ribs, it hurts. So not surprising to see him just not practicing at all and focusing on his rehab veteran guys midweek. 
typically get the rest um, anyway, uh, as after everything's kind of been installed uh, for the most part, you know, now that we're into week four, you'll see a lot more veteran rest midweek and that shouldn't be a scary thing but it does a, li- a little bit concern me devo as i don't what's iuk status yeah, uh well i will look that up while you talk about him or the next guy uh yeah i uh debo went down with that rib injury he missed like a play i think on on uh uh iuk is out of the non-contact jersey they're saying so he's back in practice looks like iuk yeah, so that if they know Ayuk's uh, active, then um, who knows? They could be a precaution, uh, cautious with uh, Debo here, who's definitely their franchise guy. But so, like Steve said, especially a guy that you know is so physical, gets the carries and the catches. Um, there's another David Montgomery Tutter. Let's go, baby. Yeah, yeah. Play, man. This is a route. Uh. But yeah, not not shocking for Debo. You know they want to keep him as fresh as they can. So this isn't like a oh no, he's not practicing. He's definitely not going to play. It is uh, concerning, something to monitor. But I still think he probably more likely plays than not. And then uh, Traylon Burks not practicing knee. Been very underwhelming. I've been kind of disappointed. I really really like, liked him in college. Uh, thought he was going to be able to make a much bigger of an impact. But. Uh, Philly definitely won the A.J. Brown trade in hindsight, for sure. Tennessee should have forked over the money. Yeah, and it looks like um, everybody's kind of happy with their running backs. You know, the Lions with Montgomery, the Eagles with Swift, uh, and then unfortunately Jamal Williams for the Saints. Um, is Did he tear his ACL too? I no, know he's, he's on. A, he's hamstring. Oh, but yeah. he's on IR. But, yeah, um, which is, oh, which we I wanted to talk about too. I'm glad you brought that up. Kamara is back. And I was going to say earlier in the year, I was going to say like they probably won't, he probably won't be back to your normal things you expect from Kamara, especially with Jamal Williams there. But Jamal Williams had a very unproductive three weeks and then ended up on the IR or two weeks and then ended up on the IR. And uh, yeah, they haven't gotten a lot out of the running back position. So with, you know, with that being banged up, Kamara being fresh, I think he comes back and immediately is at his full caseload now, basically. So I'm I'm a lot bigger on Kamara now. I think he's going to be in that top-tier running back category again right away. So we'll see. Obviously, you know, he needs, he'll, he'll have to be able to, you know, tolerate a, a full game. I don't know what his fitness level at the moment is, but he's fresh. If he can, if he can handle a full load, then I'm big, <laughs> I'm big on Kamara. I'm big on Kamara taking that full load. Yeah, I don't know about this week. He's going to have to take a smaller load this week to warm up, and then then I think he's ready to, yeah, um, for, go for the whole enchilada. I did, now that we're through with the injuries, before we get into the uh, juicy segments. want to talk about this at the top of the show, but I forgot. I got to give Kenny his flowers. It was a terrible first two and a half games, basically. He did. He looked all right. He made some throws at the, at, you know, through the middle middle section of that Raiders game. And I will say, although they pissed away, first of all, that freaking Minka roughing the passer almost tossed in the game. And you knew they were going to, when they freaking scored off of that roughing the passer and got the, look, see, now I'm, now I'm ranting. This is supposed to be just a quick give Kenny his flowers. Mm-hmm. But when they scored off of the freaking roughing the passer and then 
had the penalty on the two point, got the second two second try at the two point, and freaking converted it. And Pittsburgh immediately goes three and out. I'm like, yep, game's over. Game, and if Josh McDaniels, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Josh McDaniels kicking that field goal with all the momentum and all that everything. I cannot believe he kicked that freaking field goal. If Josh McDaniels kicking that field goal was was what saved Pittsburgh because they were going to lose that game. But well, uh, and then we don't know if it's because uh, Garoppolo was perhaps concussed. But uh, yeah, at that maybe. point, that shouldn't really make it. You're playing him. He's he's yeah, in, yeah, you know. So yeah, I, he. I can't believe he's not getting roasted for that more because that was that was bad. Yeah, that's a but that's typical a bad. old old Pittsburgh stuff. But I will say, here's what I will say: even though they pissed it away and made it way more interesting than it needed to be, instead of just you know closing the game out, that very last drive, Najee with some hard running. I mean. The Raiders were freaking completely sold out. Everybody up, just begging Kenny to throw. You know, and then they had the they had the three and out in between the two scores, but that the very last possession where they needed to get the first down, I I give them credit. That third and two, the Raiders were freaking. They were ready to freaking hit Najee for a five yard loss. They were just begging Pittsburgh to try to throw it, begging Kenny to throw it. And Pittsburgh had the fat enough balls to throw it. And that's a tough, mm-hmm. you know, just the, I mean, obviously it was wide open, you know, typical pitch and catch, but, you know, rolling, rolling to the left like that, just a five yard throw, but you still got to make the throw. I give Kenny his flowers. That was a clutch, clutch throw. Ooh, Aaron Jones getting flipped over. Clutch throw, Allen Robinson, clutch catch. That's a, that's a, that's a big, that's a big moment for young Kenny. I, he, he, he played, he was a rough first quarter. Rough first two games, but he played good the rest of the game. I thought so. Yep, I, I give him I give him his flowers when they're due. Yep, I I agree with all of that. Keep on moving here. I guess we're done with uh, all the injury news for the week. If you got any questions, maybe shoot us a tweet at Return to Play Pod, and uh, we'd be happy to to uh, field them with our knowledge. So let's get into the good stuff here. Uh, we will just get right into draw of the week with a double winner last week, a double draw winner. Yeah. Look at us. Who would have thought? We're basically, that made up for last week, not winning at all times two, because these are all plus 250. So yeah, like we said, we only got to hit these uh, every three weeks to basically even be in a tiny bit of a loss. So yeah, uh, the draws pretty good. Now, <laughs> full disclosure, I barely ever take these draws. That's, <laughs> that's probably for the best for the pod. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it here. Why don't you give yours uh, first? Yeah, we're going back to the English Premier League, coming bright and early Saturday morning. I think I like Ashton Villa at home against Brighton, two of the uh, upper upper echelon. Premier League teams as of right now. Um, Brighton's been hot, been very hot, but I think Aston Villa gets the draw at home. That was like plus 280, plus 290. So I think they split the points here. I definitely like that. And then I have MLS action, and it is St. Louis SC at Sporting KC. Or I'm sorry, it's flipped. KC is at St. Louis, and it's this it's the Battle of Missouri here. It's the Battle of the Border. And uh both teams are plus money. And then the uh draw is you know right around plus two fifty. So um I, and why not? 
that's my logic pretty much every week on these two winners that's two winners right there yep yeah plus 250 draw for mine so with that said let's get into the greasy gambling picks we already covered how we're how we did last week overall Four, three, and one for me. Three, two, five, four, and three one. And two. You got two pushes. Oh, four, four, three, and two. Danny's three, five, and one. And then Man, the locks is, is the opposite. I don't have a lock of the week yet. We both but this pushed, week. We both pushed our lock last week. Last week was ridiculous. I had freaking backdoor covers last minute, and I was fuming, and then I almost missed my lock. Like, like I had to get the fluke push on the lock to save me some coin. Clemson was tough. I, I took week. Clemson on Saturday morning. Oh, my God. Um, and I I hated the pick, and that's why I took it, Clemson at oh. home. But I was I was knew Florida State's the better team. But, I mean, it came down to the to the man, end of it there. But man, how does Clemson keep doing Clemson, man. Well, they don't. They, 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 Dabo a, doesn't use the portal is what's I mean, happening. but they're, they're, but they dominated Florida State. They freaking controlled the entire – the Florida State didn't – their only lead was in overtime. That freaking, I mean, that scooping score at the end. It's like Clemson's playing like like uh, Nebraska, bro. Like just doing stupid shit for no reason. That's 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 what Clemson's turned into the past year. Well, obviously they still win much more than Nebraska, but it's like on the field. I mean, when you look at the stats, like they freaking blew Florida State away. Same thing with the Duke game. They controlled the whole game. Just fumbled into the end zone twice and missed a couple yeah. field goals. It's like they're literally Clemson's. A nine-win Nebraska team is pretty much what it boils down to. It's crazy. It's crazy because they didn't do that for a decade. They were so, you know, disciplined and on point. Just weird to see. But yes. they, they well, fucked me out of a lot of money, so <laughs> fuck them. Well, I guess you went oh, You went first last week. You went, you know, two losses again, back-to-back weeks. So we'll just flip-flop here, and I'll go first. I'll take the LSU Ole Miss over. 67 and a half in a shootout. Um, you know, LSU secondary, little shaky. And then, you know, they can score points as well. But obviously, this has got to be abs- an absolute derby. I, I would like to check the weather first. Um, and, and by the way, speaking of Clemson, Clemson is minus six and a half at Syracuse. Syracuse is pretty good. Clemson should be pissed off and ex, you know expect themselves to be better to try to get back in the top 25 here. Uh, the season's not over for them yet, but oh boy, if they lose to, to Syracuse, it's uh, a detonation. So the ACC's over for them already in in September. That's what's crazy. But I do love Clemson. I think Clemson's just going to absolutely route Syracuse. Kind of like what you said. A, they're a way better team, and B, they're pissed off. And six and a half is not not enough of a spread. I ain't gonna let them burn me again. So fuck it. That's not what I'm picking. Yeah, the weather in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, on Saturday is a uh, high of ninety and zero percent precipitation. So um, I do I do like that. I do like that over. Should be. It's a lot of points though. And now I'm kind of like, should I switch to Clemson? <laughs> uh, well, so my reasoning for that too is uh, the public is taking the under. They're scared of it. And uh, a big, big chunk of money is 70% of the money is on the, the over here. 
but more public bets are on the under and that the public never takes the under and i it's it's thursday the the money in line's going to change but uh right now that the over does seem like the sharp play because it's so high everyone's scared away from it that's kind of how i'm talking myself into it I'm going to stick with it, and we're also going to give out a bonus pick here. Maybe that we'll, we'll definitely tweet that out. That'll be a little teaser for the Twitter, probably Clemson minus six and a half. But that line might move to seven. So, you know, if you're listening to this on Friday, I'd put it in on Friday. Uh, <laughs> the Twitter picks is how you make your bread because we crush those every week. On those, those are pretty good, yeah. And so I will go with my second pick here, all college this week and that's the kentucky wildcats minus one and a half at home against florida again this is a sharp money play more of the pub the public's on florida because they've watched florida the last couple weeks on espn no one's really watched kentucky route the zips and uh and so Kentucky's pretty good this year. They can run the football. And so if they can turn this into a low-scoring game, I think then the, then Florida's playing on Kentucky's terms, and, I, and that's why I will take Kentucky there. And then finally, my lock of the week. And, oh, my God, the Packers are a disaster tonight. And um, my lock of the week is the Akron Zips minus two and a half at home against the Buffalo Bulls. Uh, one of the very few times the Zips have been favored in the past four or five years. And the, the Buffalo Bulls are a tragedy of a football team. Akron's got some fight in them. Almost beat Indiana last week. In, in should have beat Indiana. Should have beat Indiana. Lost Thank or, the fuck out of that kick. Yeah, shank to kick, uh, easy, a chip shot, less than an extra point, basically. Well, less than an NFL extra point. And uh, he just, you know, the moment was too big for our boy, I guess, whatever his name is. <laughs> and so I'm throwing the Z up this week for the Zips, minus two and a half. You're a brave man. I would, uh, you're, brave, you're braver than I ever could be. But I love it. Buffalo is bad. If they, if Akron's going to win a game as a favorite, now's the time. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, let's go Zips. Go Zips, baby. All right. So on to me. We'll start off. I'm giving you a – first of all, it's a beautiful college slate this week. I'm freaking super horny for it. Didn't like <laughs> a lot of the spreads, though. So I'm going, I'm going NFL here. Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Bro, what in the hell is Green Bay doing? Tampa Bay plus three and a half uh, at the Saints, I think, with Derek Carr likely out. I think that's huge for the Saints. I don't know. I don't know that Jameis Winston wins wins the revenge game here. And uh, I think the I think the Bucks bounce back, get the get the dub in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, despite a spicy pick. Despite Kamara coming back, I think Derek Carr being out is is gonna be too big of a deal. So I like Tampa Bay there. To at least cover three and a half, you, you know, I'm, you know, if Tampa Bay loses, it'll be like a field goal game type of thing. So, I think you oh. got room room to cover there. Is Tampa Bay home? No, it's in New Orleans. Mm, spicy. We're getting real spicy. Then I'm that's then I'm tough. coming. I'm coming at you with a double decker here. Illinois Purdue. This is gonna be, you know, when you think of like dirty, gross, offensive Big Ten football, this is gonna be that game. That sloppy, like gross. Like, remember week one, that Nebraska Minnesota game where it was like, okay, neither of these two want to like win this game at all. 
and I think it ended like 14-10 or whatever it was. This is going to be that type of like gross offensive game. Purdue's just been bad this year. Illinois has played pretty good defense, physical defense. Can't get the offense going. The over-under is 53.5. I don't know how. I'm taking the under. And then my lock is Illinois plus one and a half on the road. So I'm locking in Illinois. I probably should lock in the under. But I'm going to lock Illinois plus one and a half. I think Illinois is the much better team. Like I said, Purdue's looked pretty ugly. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Illinois takes takes a Big Ten West dub on the road. I do like the the logic there in Illinois. A pr- pretty good team. I would haven't watched a down of Purdue football this year, but their Purdue is usually uh, stink butt. So I like that. Uh, we got some good picks here this week, and then I also put in a little money line parlay for soccer: Manchester City, Manchester City, Inter Milan, and Barcelona. They're all like minus two fifty. Man City's minus three hundred. So three favorites. To to get three, I'll get three points on the table, and they're all playing uh, scrub teams. Um, I think three is a good number parlay when you're doing soccer favorites. Anything more than three, you're really playing with fire. But uh, three is a good sweat. Usually, one of those three makes you sweat. Uh, they're down by a goal at halftime or something. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And yeah, we've so we're loaded with picks this week. And another one I'm looking at here is USC on the road at Colorado. I nailed the Oregon last week. USC is the same here, minus 21 and a half, actually. You know, that's tough at Colorado, I think. That's a little bit tougher uh, than last week. And USC is not quite as dominant as Oregon, but uh, Oregon definitely showed the world that – you know, Colorado, while vastly improved squad, not a contender yet. Tough, a tough call here for that game. The money and the, the public are about the same. Uh, 60% of the bets are both on USC here. So that's one to keep an eye on for Saturday Twitter here. Trying to find some Cam Rising news for this Utah game. Utah-Oregon State. Sneaky good Friday night game. I'm pumped for it. But uh, another no, one I'm looking at. No updates. I hate college for this reason, man. Yeah, a little bit tougher to get information. Another game I'm I'm circling here. James Madison minus two and a half at home against South Alabama. You know, South James- Alabama. South Alabama's a pretty decent team, but they just had a bad loss to Central Michigan last week. So yeah, I mean James James Madison's the truth. Yeah, and you're not going to get them much lower than that number in their conference play. So if you're going to take a, if you think James Madison's going to run the table, now's now's the week to lay some bread on it, lay the loaf. Utah is such a such a weird football team, man. Their offense has been so bad without Cam Rising, but their defense is like lighting it up. I think if oh, I'm sorry, the the over under is uh, 66 and a half on Fanduel for. LSU, Mississippi. So I'm going to take that point there. I'm going to take that point. I think I'm going to need it. And it's 66 and a half. Not, I don't like that the, the number dropped. <laughs> um, but, but I'll take it. Well, I have, no, I have no news. So there's a Friday game. Utah is currently a road dog to Oregon State, which is fair. But if Cam Rising is back, 
They were questioning he might be back. I feel like he might even just miss the whole year and Utah's just playing games with everybody to keep him on their toes. Who who knows? But there was rumors he was going to be back last week, and then last minute they were like, nope, just kidding. So stay tuned to the Twitter account tomorrow evening because if Cam Rising's active, you should you should hammer the the Utah line as soon as you can. Yeah, keep me keep me posted on that. So. We'll do, and we'll tweet her. We'll tweet her out. But by the time you guys get to it, I'm sure that line will shift big time, anyways. So. <laughs> unless you yeah. unless you turn on notifications for yes, our yes, there you get go. on there and argue. There's been like my two my two consistent boys argue with me every week on Danny's poll, but I need more randos. Last year I had a lot of randos. Yeah, maybe we got we got to start. You got to start um, adding some hashtags or so or yeah. like uh, or you know just post just post that Danny's ranking in a bunch of other college football popular posts yeah. in the comments. And, uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, just in the replies. Yeah. Here's my bull, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, you know, I'm, and you no, know what yeah, absolutely. you should do every week ESPN and uh, them tweet out the AP poll. I don't know what accounts might do that, but I'm sure there's some significant ones. You just tweet your poll in the comments. There we go. Yeah. We'll get on let that. It, let it rip. Uh, let it rip, say they don't that this is the real poll. Bro, Utah's really just playing Big Ten football in the Pac twelve, though. I love it. Man, they, they just need Cam Rising back. Otherwise, my poll is gonna be wrong. But that's neither here nor there. I'm excited for another week. It's been an amazing football season. And yeah. Pitts, Pittsburgh has remarkably made me want to jump off of a bridge much less than I did two weeks ago. So that's that's also a plus. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I I would have bet a billion dollars that we would not be two and after halftime of that San Fran game, I was like, "Yep, another year of this." I yep. would I cannot believe we're two and one with a very winnable game to get to three and one. So, which is a typical typical Tomlin trap game, overlooking a terrible team. Got the Ravens right after. This is this is normally the freaking game Pittsburgh ties. Yeah, road favorite. Uh, we usually do beat Houston, but the sharp money is on the early sharp money is on Houston, and uh, not not great. But what do they know? They don't know as much as us. That's for sure. <laughs> not <laughs> not about the Berg. Um, yeah. So very good luck to you all this weekend, as always. And enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the perfect fall weather going on right now. Uh, pick some apples. Pick some pumpkins. Uh, let's get ready for a good October here. I'm excited for October. A lot of good, lot of good football going to happen in October. So you know, October, November is really the meat and potatoes of football, and then and then it all you know, dessert is really um, the playoffs. It's that's the special. Or I'm a dessert guy, so, you know, that's my reference there. Um, so, no matter what you're doing this weekend, have a great one. Enjoy it. Stay healthy, America.